0: Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities.
1: This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Gray. And I'm Callum Woodger. It's nearly Christmas, and we're down to the last 16 of the SPFL Trust Trophy. Just to remind you of the format a little, each round of the competition we're going to bring you some of the best stories from Scottish football communities.
2: We'll also chat about the latest trophy games and bring you powerful stories, including... How a
1: Morton-supporting family found solace at Caplo
2: through football memories. We'll also hear from Paul Gregg from the Raith Rovers Community Foundation, who'll tell us more about their dementia and Alzheimer's-related
1: initiatives. And on the pitch, we'll hear from Raith Rovers striker Lewis Vaughan and Morton defender Lewis Strap, ahead of the four friend ties.
2: But first, let's start by hearing a little bit about the support Lorna Hughes and Janet Bell found for their dad, Morton superfan Jim Anderson. This is their story.
3: As soon as you entered the corridor to come down, you could hear his voice. I always think that when I come into the corridor there today, I thought you could I wish you could just hear his voice today. So I think this photographs when Dad's last ever match. Yep, Morton's last match. And that was was that the football memories. We got com- complimentary yeah. tickets through football, football memories. memories.
4: We work in partnership with Football Memories Scotland and Alzheimer's Scotland and the group come to capital and into the boardroom and it's a reminiscence group for, for participants with dementia and they, they get to you know have a look at old pictures, um, old Scotland memorabilia, old football boots, all while having a tea and coffee. We've had a few ex-Morton players turn up at the Football Memories group before. It really does show the, the power that football has. Quite a lot of people see the Morton badge that I'm wearing and just assume that we're football coaches or it's all about the 11 players on the, on the pitch on a Saturday but Greenup Morton um, we're much more than that. It's, it's really crucial that the project continues um, to benefit people as as it did for Jim.
3: Coming here to the football memories was definitely something that brought a sparkle back to him yeah. you know like when yeah. after my mum died he was really struggled and then got diagnosed with dementia a little bit after that and. I think he felt really sort of alone. I would say that it does bring out the best in them um, for that 90 minutes that we're in here. It lightens their mood, makes them feel important, makes them feel um, valued. The person's more animated and more valued, more valued. Before he started to come to the group, he was definitely
5: more isolated. It definitely gave him something to look forward to.
3: I I think when he came, he, he couldn't quite believe that there was a group that they got to talk about Morton all the time.
5: <laughs> he was always properly excited about coming down yeah. to the group. A really nice social thing yeah. for him to socialise with other people. Um they treated him so yeah. nicely, yeah. So they treated
3: him so well and it made him feel quite special because he was so Mr Morton.
1: Yeah a lovely video there with Janet and Lorna and really emotional, yeah. emotional as well. Um, Janet and Lorna how, how did that sound to you?
5: It made us both quite emotional. I know,
2: I quite back to emotional again. Just, yeah. When I said bit about hearing his voice in the chorus, that just made you think just about made, him. It does make me think about him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but it sounded, it sounded really good. Yeah, it, it did. sounded it sounded good. And and I just I, I personally loved the the bit at the end. I think it's yourself, Janet, that you know he says he's he's, he's Mister Martin, and that's I'm I'm lucky, you know, just to let everyone in on this, but I, you know to know Jim a little bit myself, but. Um, that's exactly what he was he was you know Gunick, born and bred and he just absolutely loved the club didn't he he did he absolutely did he
5: absolutely yeah. Did. Yeah. loved everything about it he was so proud of being a Morton supporter and about Capo and everything he just yeah. loved it and brought us up the same way we were all had to be Morton supporters whether we liked it or not you know yeah definitely <laughs> and I think Football Miami gave him back a bit of his dignity as well when he went there because he was like a really strong proud man and or and Morton was a big part of that and then the dementia kinda robbed him a bit of that but going back there it did make him feel that important and the other lady said that he did feel important. Yes. It made him feel really yep. proud and mm-hmm. he
1: loved it. Yep. And from the video as well we can really see that Morton it didn't only mean so much to your dad but it meant a lot a lot to yourselves as well and kinda it was a really strong family relationship with the club.
5: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, we went with my dad as children, um, supported Morton every week. Um, went to some away matches as well and yeah, that was just it was a it was a huge part of our life growing up. And yeah. And my grandpa was um, sort of employed if if you like mm-hmm. by when he retired from the shipyard. He would go down and every day really and it gave him that real purpose after he retired. He just cleaned the boots and
2: helped
5: about, and yeah. so yeah, it was always a real kind of family. It was always a family feel for us going
2: there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yep. I mean, your your yeah, Andersons quite literally, in with the bricks at capital as well. You know, your dad, your granddad, yep. and uh, you know your uncle as well. All all yep. kind of immortalised in, in in that wall yeah. at Capolo. Yeah, Yeah, they yeah, they've got their own bricks. Yeah, and he there forever. Yeah,
5: definitely.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and, and just you know w- when you first found out about football memories, and you you kind of told your dad about it. How did how did he react? How how was his first kind of experience when he went down to Capello for the first time to get involved with the the group?
5: Oh, I think as Janet said before, he couldn't believe he actually got to go and sit, sit and talk about Morton. You know that was just, and there was lots of other people there, <coughs> his peers who he could sit and just talk about football matches from years, who his favourite players were and all that kind of stuff and he actually couldn't believe, I think, that it was actually a thing he could do, you know and the fact that it got to go into the, I think it was the boardroom, boardroom. to him and I know Castle, to a lot of people, doesn't seem like a big fancy sort of stadium at all, but Mm -hmm. to him it was like, you know, going in the boardroom was quite special and he felt they got to go onto the pitch sometimes and the dugout and yeah. that definitely made him feel special and that brought back lots of memories for him because being in, a, in and around the kind of at the back, you know, part of the stadium, um, he would have been doing that with my grandpa and so that was, it was definitely that in itself was enough to trigger uh, memories in my dad. Mm-hmm. So an all happy memory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I think it was the it just made him feel special that he was part of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's such a good group for, for for that as well. Making people feel special, and you've yeah. kind of spoken about it a little bit already. But what kind of difference did did you see in your dad kind of before the group and before he started going to the group and after he came out?
5: Yeah, uh, it made it, it definitely made him much happier, much more animated. Um, we would we would never stop hearing about who, what they talked about and who was there, and it definitely. Gave him something to look forward to as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd always be ready, always either his Morton tie on or his yeah, T-shirt, Morton T-shirt or whatever, when we went to pick him up to take him. It was really a special thing for him. Yeah, and he was always sort of like, we, we need to be there in time because we're going down. It's Morton, you know, there was never that, I don't what he did or whatever, let him be down. And mm-hmm. because the club was like really important to him. Yeah. But he was always very, like I said in the, the, the video there, you know, he was, First in and last out, and we, it was always his voice you could hear when we went to pick him up. <laughs> he would be, uh, and I'd say, Dad, come on, we need to go. But he just sat there for another two hours, he would have, um, to, because he just loved it. It was just, okay. and he never he forgot lots of things, but he never forgot that he went there on a Wednesday afternoon. He <laughs> um, so make sure that we knew that we were available to take him, because um, he couldn't drive by then, so we would always make sure that we got him down there. but... Mm-hmm. No, it made a massive difference to him to his mood to his home mood. Yeah. Even just driving down the road, as soon as he sees Clyde, he would he used to say, Oh, that's me home. He just loved when he saw the water and mm-hmm. just everything about it, he just it did definitely make his mood much much better. He was much happier.
2: Mm-hmm. We have a laugh and a joke about him being like ready and he's Morton Ty before he's waiting. But it, 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 the diagnosis of dementia obviously impacts the person diagnosed, but the family as well. And I suppose it gives you like a bit of structure to your week when you're like, okay, I know that every three or four weeks, whenever I'm going to go and pick up my dad and we're going to go down there, and it, yeah. it just gives you something to, to aim for when you're trying to just manage it all. Because it's such a, it yeah. must have been such a shock when it, when it first, you know, when Jim first got his diagnosis for the whole family. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
5: it was. Well, you know what it was like, Callaway was such a big, strong. Yeah. I'm getting emotional now. A big strong man, you know. House, just the, fa- the head of the family, that big yeah. head of the family thing, really. Just and it went from us being able to rely on him mm-hmm. to him having to rely on us, which was a really difficult thing to cope with. It was very difficult at the beginning when the when the dementia just started. It was very difficult for him. He found it very upsetting that he had to rely on other people and he had to rely on us. To help him do things that he used to say, you know, your daughter should never help you do like toilet and things, and mm-hmm. and he hated it, He hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, dementia took him to the point where that wasn't as big yeah, a deal to him anymore because it, he didn't yeah. really know. Mm-hmm. But initially, um, he he hated he hated. He was so embarrassed. He would yeah. he would always ask us to make sure that you know the kids don't, don't you know don't tell the kids that he had an accident and. Yeah. It, it's a dreadful, dreadful. I can't think of anything worse that could have happened to my dad with dementia mm-hmm. because he was so full of life and And a very proud man. It his dignity. Oh, oh, yeah. And the football memories helped for that because yeah. when he went down there, it gave him back a place, a place in that he felt safe, safe uh-huh. and confident. It of, gave yeah. him a kind of confidence back because yeah. he knew when he talked about Morton knew everything
1: about and yeah. I said you know he could tell you about a goal 50 years ago who passed to who and all the rest of it so that kind of brought a bit of confidence back for him yeah you know so yeah, yeah. and you mentioned um, in, in the video or and when we were filming uh, last week that it wasn't kind of just at football memories that you noticed that this kind of thing impacted him you know he, was sit, he would sit and read football books in the house and look at old yeah. pictures in the house and it really kind of lifted his mood in that way as well. So I guess it really kind of shows the power that that's got.
5: Oh, oh 100%. And even, I mean, my, Lauren and I went up a lot um, every day. Yeah. But sometimes the boys would go up. Um, so our husband, um, Frank and Duncan, and I, I think he looked forward to that a lot because then he would sit and just chat to them about football. <laughs> You know, and just that that was an, another kind of avenue for him when they went up. There would be much more of a chat around football with us. It was just about his everyday life and what was going on. But um, he loved when the boys went up as well because he, that was just like another, you know, something yeah. else to talk about. And a lot of that was around football because the one thing that he could always talk about, he's a great knowledge of football, not he just did. Morton, mm-hmm. a great knowledge of just, you know, the game. And when we were, as we said in the video, when we were small as we passed that, a park where there was a game playing, we would usually have to stop and watch it. Even right. if it was a seven-year-old, he just, it just, it just, you know, just mm-hmm. had a great knowledge of football, always ran amateur teams, um, so we were always yeah. involved in stuff like that, yeah. as, as kids as well. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was very good for
2: him. Just to bring Paul Greg in here from uh, Rafe Rovers uh, Community Foundation, do you sort of see parallels in, in Jim's story and, and Lorna and Janet recounting that with some of the things that you guys do at Wraith with your program, uh, Reminiscent reminiscing Wraith?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's very similar in terms of the some of the stories that we have in terms of the participants that come along and the the reason behind the program's very similar to to why Morton do it and, and the people that we want to try and engage from the programme. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities there and we can definitely uh, understand the situation and, and understand the, the stories. Uh, that's coming across from from Jim and what Jim went through and and how a football club can support people like Jim through through their journey um, with an illness and and how we can connect with our communities more. So yeah, there was definitely a lot there that it was it was making me think of different individuals that were in our programs and and people we've supported and what we've done and uh, it's it's definitely touching to hear. That there's so many clubs, not just Rafe Rovers, but the, the great work that Morton's doing and the number of other clubs across the network to to support their local communities as well with similar programmes.
1: I wonder, Paul, from a kind of community club perspective, if you could tell us a bit about how Reminiscent Wraith actually works, what goes into it, and how it's delivered.
0: Yeah, so it, it started, it was a, an idea. Our, our club historian came to me um, and said he wanted to start a Football memories type program, um, I'd actually connected through a former colleague of mine uh, who was in charge of sport and memory Scotland. Um, she connected with me and said we deliver sessions in the local community. Can you promote and support for us? And I said not a problem at all. And then John came to us, uh, John Greer, who's who's our club historian, and said I'd love to do a, a football version of this. Um, our program might be slightly different uh, than your your typical. Um, football memory session where you're looking at memorabilia and cards and stuff, we we actually bring in a lot of guest speakers um, for ours and the guest speakers, John creates little portfolios on the different speakers that he brings in and shares the different memories and it's we try and do a, a whole host of, whether it's former players or it's uh, journalists we've had in, we've had golfers and cricketers and just different sporting people to come in and just share their memories. Um, and it's again just sharing their memories of being at Starts Park, being in the being in the sporting arena and um, and potentially being part of major sporting events that have taken place in Scotland as well. And it instantly triggers those memories. Uh, so we take place every second Thursday we have our session down at Starts Park and one of the parts that we wanted to do just to make it slightly different and this was before the, the cost of living crisis and, and stuff started to come in and the Warm Hub uh, project started to come but we said we want to provide teas and coffees we want to provide that social opportunity to go and connect and get people to connect that they might see each other in the stands they might see each other walking up the ramp at starts Park on a Saturday but they don't know who each other are but now we've got this almost this Army or network of, of friends that now look forward to coming along. If that those Thursdays that we we host, they get a lunch. They have soup sandwiches and and they sit and chat to the point where we actually had a session this morning. And you're almost feeling bad that you're going, guys. We need to we need to wrap up. Like we'll see you next yep. week. We'll see you Saturday. But they're just so keen to stay and just share stories. And I, again, it's just. For us, it's just about enlightening that flame and just saying, right, let's let's start the journey and let's see where the session goes. And some sessions can go on for hours, um, but it's great just to see people sharing their memories. Everyone having different memories, but it all being from the same event and the same experience. And um, so, no, that's that's kind of how we've come about. John leads the sessions. Um, he's kind of the master of ceremonies. Um, you could say, and it's they the, he hosts and he, he does a Q and A, and then they go around the tables and ask different questions and share just the the different portfolios and uh, profiles that they've got on the people and the guests. So it's great because it just for some it gives them the opportunity just to talk and engage with others. And it is, as as the lady said, it's it's the highlight of some people's weeks. Um, one gentleman that comes along, he, he openly says he, he doesn't do too much. He, he takes part in our walk and talk sessions on a Monday. Then he'll go and do his messages and pick up his shopping on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then he'll look forward to that Thursday and that opportunity just to get out the house. And he, he openly says it's lonely. It's, it's not a place that he enjoys being. But it's just trying to create those social networks for him. And he, he's a different person now. It's, it really is uh, for me that's the power of what we do at football clubs and how we can connect people so this is just one of the ways that we can do that
2: That's the thing, I mean, no one delivering these programmes is necessarily sitting there saying they're a medical professional and they're going to like battle dementia in some way but they can provide that safe space where people feel comfortable and they can have that real connection that you know maybe they don't have in the stands because they're not going to go up and approach someone um, but when you bring them all together and you start Putting these things on the table to talk about and bring guest speakers and it just sparks that little fire inside them that's always there, but just sometimes gets you know hidden under the, the, the illness.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's you can see it whether it's it's attending a cup final. We we had uh, John McGlinn and Paul Smith come in and, and speak to to our guys just after they they won the, the SPFL Trust Trophy and they shared their memories and then the guys shared their memories of the cup final and then back to twenty fourteen and. We had Jimmy Nicolin who, who shared his stories about winning the Coca-Cola Cup in 94 and his journey and how he shared that and instantly you can see guys' smiles appear and everyone just sit back and just going this is fantastic. I was at the game, I sat in this seat and it was magnificent and I had my grandson with me or I had my niece with me and it was it's just great to see them share the different experiences and as you say, we're not medical professionals, we're not... No one ever says that we we are when we do the work that we do but we do have a duty and a responsibility to to support our communities and just by providing something like these opportunities whether it's football memories like what Brian and Johnny do down at Morton or it's what we do with Reminis and Rafe and, and the different projects that all the trusts provide we do have that duty and responsibility and it's... It's just great to be able to provide that for our communities um, and our fan base. And again, it's, it could be creating new fans and getting new people in that might not go to other groups because they don't see this the space as a safe space. But a football stadium can be that that haven, that safe space where, as the lady said about Jim, there's so many positive memories and happy times that I've had. There's obviously those not so good memories when teams get beat or yep. there's 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 those other memories but those will still come back and surface and that's what it's about just sharing memories and experiences with the people so that they can go and remember good times and positive times and share stories that's that's what the program's all about.
1: Yeah absolutely and it's great that yourselves and so many um, clubs across, across Scotland are able to deliver these kinds of programs I just wonder is there a kind of one person in particular or a, or a story um that you've got that reminiscent wraith has really impacted someone. don't need to go into pure details with names and everything but I'm sure it's impacted a lot of people.
0: Yeah no there's that there, to be fair there's one gentleman and wi- what we tried to do with with reminiscent Wraith was not just connect with our fans but potentially look to to go to the care home network in our local community as well and say look this offering's here. Feel free to to bring residents along and and get out of th- their homes if you've got the the possibility to do so. If you don't, we can potentially support with that. So reaching out to that care network, one of the the local care homes said we've actually got a resident that used to play for Wraith Rovers, um, in our home, and we said, excellent. If he wants to come along, it'd be magnificent. So he came along. Um, the gentleman's now in his eighties. Um, he played for for the Rovers. And, a long, long time ago, and he will even say it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um and he, he moved, he played he played a handful of games for Rafe Rovers before moving down. I think he played for Coventry and, and went down and played in England and he was a goalkeeper. There's a gentleman called David Miller. And David came along and you you could see he was suffering, you could see he was he was struggling. But as soon as he came in the room and he was like, I've not been at Starks Park for decades. This is amazing. The place hasn't changed much, <laughs> and you're going. Well, okay, thanks, David. We thought we'd we, we'd do it a little bit of justice and get a lick of paint and and try and try and do the place up. But he was so honest and so great, and he shared about his memories and shared about the best game that he's ever watched and the best player he's ever seen in terms of Stanley Matthews live. And he was sharing all these stories. And John, he came to he came to the first session and. We said, we need to do a bit of research on David. We need to get more info. And John came back and he found a couple of photos. And he showed them to David. And instantly David broke down into tears. And he said, I never thought I would... I can remember this day. I can remember getting this photo taken. But I never thought I'd see this photo again. Um, and we said, look, this is yours. Take it, ho- take it back to the home. Share it with your daughter. Share it with the, the residents. And he was just like, I, I can't wait to share this. And then we're sitting in a room, we we host in the, the the 200 Club Community Lounge at Starts Park. And in the room, instantly, the reason we host in that room is there's a lot of memorabilia on the walls mm. and different stories that can be shared. Yep. And we didn't actually even realise that that photo was up on the wall. <laughs> and and one of the guys in the room, David was sharing one of his stories about playing at Coventry and he's, he's turned round and he's gone, David, your pictures up on the wall, and again that that instantly is just like I'm up on the wall. I only played a handful of games, but my pictures up on the wall, <laughs> and it's you can see him just sharing his stories of playing for the club and like being a being a supporter and like being back in the local community. He never thought he would come and step foot in Starks Park again and see these memories, and that's just one of the the stories that. There's a number of, of different people that attend our projects, but David's one is the one that's probably stuck with us. And even when he's gone back um to his home, he's shared the stories where <laughs> the ladies that bring him along have turned round and said, We we can't shut him up for three days. <laughs> he's he's telling everybody and he's shown his picture and he's telling, saying what this person was like, and we're going, Brilliant, and he's he has the the ladies mentioned about how Jim changed and it brought a smile on his face, and he was able to share these stories. It was the exact same with David. You could see he was a, just a different person and a different character, just when he started to share these memories. And that's what the program's about. It's, yeah,
2: definitely. It's it's funny you mentioned. You know, sort of. It's like these programs mainly engage elderly gentlemen usually, um, but they they almost turn into like when they see these things like whether it's a photo or they engage with someone that they know they turn into these wee boys again that are getting lifted over the top yeah. to go to the games and I know that Lord yeah. and Jarrett, yeah. um your dad had a very similar experience didn't he when he went down to, to the group and, and met one of his kind of um, sons that was at, was at the group oh, to, yeah, to speak yeah. wasn't he? Yeah it was um, so Jimmy
5: Cowan was a keeper but we saw his picture and careful when we were down my dad used to talk about him a lot and um, said so he was the best keeper. He was a Scottish keeper as well, I think. And Joey Cowan's son came to the football memories and uh, talked about his dad. And my dad sat next to him and he was so chuffed mm-hmm. about all of that. Just like, he, he was always very humbled by it. Oh, I can't believe they, bring these, they came over there yeah. to talk to us. You know, he was always very humbled by it as well, Dad. And yes, that was great. That was great for them to um, yeah. meet him and talk about all of them. I, I know, think my dad shared some stories with Jimmy Cowan's son about his dad as well. Yeah, it he does. That my dad remembered. Yep. You know when he was younger, he used to sit and watch him training. Um, Sh- and he used to walk on his hands, hands along the right. wall. Yes. shoulders and his arms. And he told Jimmy Cown's son all about this and all that. So Thank and like say. as the guy just said, he read about it for weeks. He kept uh, going on about it. How he'd met Jimmy Cown's son. You know, it was his big hero. Yeah. Yeah, he was really chuffed, and and then when he found his picture in the book, yeah. As well, yeah. one of the Morton books, the memorabilia books, Dad in the background. I think
2: it's is it Ron Alexander the picture? Or? No, I don't, I don't know who know. it is in the front, but, but yeah, Dad's in the background of the picture, so he was quite really about that. that as well. yeah. yeah, no, it's um, it's brilliant the impact of these these things that seem so um small can can have on people. Um, and I suppose that's just the power of football memories, power of football reminiscent wraith as well. Um, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, uh, just want to thank everyone for for sharing their stories today and, and coming on and, and chatting to us. Um, Lovely to hear, and we've got the big uh, fixture coming up as well, Martin against Rafe and the SPFL yeah. Trust Trophy. Yeah.
5: Oh, <laughs> it's <on>. oh, <laughs> God. Oh, God. Oh.
0: Let's get right behind the rovers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll go on and speak about that next, but but, uh, Lorna and Jarrett, thank you very much, and
1: Paul, you as well, for coming in, mate. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you very cool. much. It was great to hear from you all. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Coming out next, we have some football chat where we'll be joined by Wraith forward Lois Vaughan and Morton defender Lewis Strap. But first, it's time for the half-time highlights, a run-through of
2: some football-powered stories from across the country.
1: Festive Friends is back for its seventh year as clubs spread Christmas cheer. Over 4,000 people are expected to receive support at the record 43 clubs are participating. Clubs will use the £133,000 funding from the SPFL Trust, to put on Christmas events and also deliver festive hampers. Elsewhere, the SPFL Trust is delighted to have launched its £250,000 winter response. As well as festive friends, this includes a brand new £80,000 winter support fund. The fund allows clubs to apply for up to £10,000 of funding to deliver a new project or level up an existing one to support their community best. Cashback Off The Bench participants at Motherwell FC Community Trust and Falkirk Football Foundation recently received their awards for completing the programme. Cash Back off the Bench supports young people to improve their employability skills, attainment level, physical activity and mental well-being. In the capital, Hibernian Community Foundation are working in partnership with Radio Force Cash for Kids to collect presents for young people who need it most this Christmas. They support children from birth to 18 and are especially in need of gifts for babies and teenagers. Visit the Planet Radio website for more information. And finally, Ranger supporter Ian Kerr is sharing his story of living with bowel cancer. In the hope fellow fans will come forward with their own experiences to help raise awareness, Ian has been a volunteer with Bowel Cancer UK for six years, following his diagnosis in 2014. Now on to the football, and Callum and I are joined by race striker Lewis Vaughan and Morton defender Lewis Strap.
2: But before we get started, here are the fourth round ties we have coming up very soon: Falkirk against Dundee, Alloa take on Queen of the South, Arbroath welcome Dunfermline to Gayfield. Elgin City host Clyde. Defending champions, Rafe Rovers take on Morton. Kelty Hearts play Linfield. Queen's Park play Montrose. And Hamilton Aki's take on Inverness in an all-championship clash. Yes, we are joined by the two Lewis's, Lewis Vaughan of Rafe Rovers and Lewis Strap of Greenock Morton, so please do forgive us if people get a bit confused and answer the wrong <laughs> questions in this podcast, but um, I'd like to have both the, the guys on ahead of their last 16 clash in the SPFL Trust Trophy taking place very soon. Um, Lewis Vaughan, I'll start with you, we're going to be saying that a lot oh. I think, <laughs> um, but um, looking ahead to that match, um, you've played each other a, a couple of times already I think this season, but... I and mean, that'll be a tough one. You've both both been doing quite well in, in that league and it's a it's a crazy league with teams kinda of taking points off each other and, and jumping around the, the table a bit, but you'll be expecting a mm-hmm. a tough match in the in the cup.
4: Oh, definitely. The league's absolutely crazy. Um I think you, you lose one game on a Saturday and by the Sunday you've slid down three or four places. Um that's a bit of a crazy league. Um obviously I, we're playing more in the cup and then a week on Saturday and uh, we obviously won the cup last year, so um, you know, we're trying hold it again, but it'll be a difficult game. Morton absolutely flying this season. Um uh, they've started the league so well uh, and got a great squad in there and, and a good manager as well. So we'll expect a real tough game, yeah.
1: Yeah, you beat um Cove 1 0 in the in the last round of the competition. This is kind of another tough test against against Morton, a side going well in the championship.
4: Yeah, obviously we beat Cove um up at Cove as well. It's quite a difficult game. Yeah, I, I wasn't I never played that game. Um, I was still coming back from injury, but um, I' looking forward to to playing Morton in, in a week week and a half's time, and hopefully I can be involved in this game. And um, I'm sure it'll be it'll be a good game.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at your your goal record in this this competition, Lewis. It's it's, it's pretty yeah. decent five goals in in nine games. Um, over the course of this competition, you'll be you'll be hoping to kind of get on the field and and continue your comeback in this one.
4: I I'll be delighted as I've I've played the last I've started the last two games now. Um, I played ninety minutes, then eighty minutes on on Saturday just past. So, um, I just work building my minutes up and getting as many minutes on my belt as I can. And um, we played here on Saturday, then Martin in the cup. So i would be delighted to play in both games and um hit the ground running and get my my first goal of the season hopefully and in, in on Saturday or in in the cup against Martin.
1: Yeah, um, just just on your injury, that's been obviously a really tough time for you. It's been. A, uh, a series of injuries over over the last couple of years. How yeah. how have you found that time, and how how have Wraith kind of helped you through that?
4: uh it has, it has been difficult to be fair. Um, I didn't know anybody that probably came back I had four ACL injuries and came back. So um, hopefully I'm one of the first to do so. And yeah. you know, it's Wraith have been absolutely amazing for me. It's um, you didn't see much loyalty in football these days, and the Cubs been so loyal to me and went above and beyond. Uh, for me on numerous occasions, and I can't speak highly enough of the club and what they've gave me and what they've done for me. nothing's ever too much a problem for for them, and I've been at the club for um coming up eleven years now. So um, I can't speak highly enough of the club, and uh, they've done so much for me and my family, and, and a a long period of time now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the the way they've they've treated you and your, and your comeback and your numerous comebacks that must have helped you. A lot not just in football but in your personal life and in and, and general
4: yeah definitely obviously I've, I've been at the club since I was 16 so as I said 11 years now Um, I've been at the club and it probably helps that I, I went for the youth system at Rafe and um, they see me as kind of being one of their own and uh, they treat me like their own as well so um, as I said I can't speak highly enough for the club and the the, the manager John McGlynn who's left and the new gaffers came in has been amazing with me as well and they've given me everything i needed so uh, I can't even speak highly enough for uh, Race Rovers.
2: Yeah I mean you made that sort of latest comeback Lewis you, you got a you know a, a brilliant reception f- from the crowd how, how good have the support and the kind of community in Kirkcaldy been for you that the club's so, Aye. so important to that community isn't
4: it? It is definitely it's, it's a small run uh, community club and you know, the fans have been absolutely amazing with me. To be fair, there's not been one negative comment that I've seen or been posted on social media or said wherever, um, at the stadium, around the stadium at training. Not a single negative word. Everyone's just said they can't wait for me to come back. They'll support me and give me anything I've ever needed. And, you know, the reception that I got when I came back and my first appearance back was unbelievable. It's like, it's something I've never seen before. And a lot of people commented on it as well and said it's something I've never seen before. It was like celebrating the, <laughs> a goal at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was unbelievable and I'm just so lucky to be supported by the club and the managers and, and especially the fans who have stuck by me through these injuries and hopefully I can repay them and, and um score them a few goals and hopefully win a few games.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned you've you've started the last two games in, in the league, but the SPFL Trust Trophy is a little bit different and how, how important will this game be in your recovery? It's a game that maybe you'll play the full 90 minutes in again and, you know, it's... Uh-huh. You know the manager might rotate the squad a little bit, so you might get to play with different members of the of the squad that you haven't played with for a while. So it could be a kind yep. of crucial crucial point for you.
4: I'm looking forward to it, actually. I um, obviously it gives you a break for the league business as well. Um, I'm looking forward to playing. I have I've I've not played in this competition in a wee while. I didn't think um, due to injury. So now I'm looking forward to it and wanting a good side which should uh, make for a good game at home. If we're at home, so we're we'll looking to win the game, of course, um, get through to the next round and. Aye, I'll be looking to play ninety minutes again. Hopefully, if, if selected, um, and hopefully we can get through it the next round. aye.
2: And and looking long term in this competition, I mean, you don't want to look too far ahead, but you'll, ah. be, you'll be keen to kind of try and defend this trophy and, and have an involvement this season as well. It Must have been quite difficult last season watching on with the guys celebrating.
4: It was difficult, aye. Um, last season I, I uh, and I think I think I played a single minute in this competition apart from, um, the cup final. There was a we had a good few injuries and. Um, the manager at the time, John McGlynn, um, pulled me in a day before the game and actually put me on the bench for the final. Um, so I was involved in the match day squad for the final. You know, it's just testament to to the old gaffer, John McGlynn, who was unbelievable for me and gave me whenever I needed, and that speaks volumes of the man. Um, to to involve me in the bench, even though I had no, I wasn't fit enough to play any part in the game. Um, he put me on the bench just because there was other injuries and I wasn't taking up a space on the bench, and there was just a spare space and, um. I jumped at the chance to be involved of course in a in a, in a cup final and yeah, it was it was an amazing day that day we won it and like you said, we'd, we'd love to to keep hold of it this year as well. So hopefully we can get a decent result against Morton and go for it the next round.
2: Does that give you like a wee taste when you're you're sat on the bench there and you, you know you're not gonna come on because you're, you're not, you know you know in your own body and you're not quite there. Uh-huh. But does it give you a wee taste for, you know, this is this is why I'm working so hard, this is why I wanna come back, these kind of games.
4: Exactly. I and I think that was kind of the gaffers thought behind it just to give me a wee boost at the time I think I was halfway through my rehab three or four months into the rehab and um, it did give me that wee boost to, to go and say that's why I'm doing it and I want to be involved in days like this and that's why you work through the, the dark days in the gym and the, the the days you have problems and just work through it and work as hard as you can as I've said in interviews with in the past I, I never cut any corners I gave it 110% this time so my conscience is, is clear and I've done everything I possibly can to get back on the pitch as, as fit and as able and as strong as I can
2: just to bring yourself in loose, um, loose strap there. <laughs> just ahead of ahead of this match as well. I mean, you, you guys are you guys are flying. You must be really happy with your your form at the moment in the championship.
6: Yeah, obviously we're playing well at the moment. But as you say in this league, it, you win you win a few games. You're right up there. You lose a few games. You lose one or two games and you drop four, three places. So uh, obviously the run's good at the moment. But we need to keep our feet in the ground and just. Obviously, take every game one at a time. And uh, yeah, obviously, the, the form's good and the, the boys are looking well in training and in games, but it can quickly change. We've seen it happen many times before. So I uh, just keep our feet, feet in the ground and uh, hopefully we can just kick on and stay with the pack.
1: Yeah, we were talking um, about with with Lewis Vaughan. Um, a few minutes ago they just about how this competition can be important in terms of you know uh, managers changing the squad and then continuing good form um you beat Ayr last time out in this competition in the last round on penalties and since then you've only lost one game so uh, you've really kicked on since then
6: yeah obviously uh, we've, we've been playing really well we had we played Cove obviously last week and um it was uh, the weather up there wasn't great, and it was just a tough game. But I think that just shows when we're going away to places like Cove and Race and places that aren't nice to go. You know, it shows a testament to the team that you know we we're going and we're winning these disgusting games, and hopefully we can just keep keep it going until for as long as we can and just keep kicking on.
2: How how much of a difference is is the new manager made to GEM to the kind of is is that, is that a confidence thing with the squad? Do you think because Morton have you know they've been in the championship for a, a few years and not really kicked on but it seems to be something a bit different this time around Lewis
6: yeah since the Gaffers came in he's been been brilliant with us you know the first week he came in I just remember it he said said to me when we were walking out the training pitch he said we're going to win on Saturday and that was just it was just changing Frank, everybody the confidence coming in and saying that we're going to go beat teams and he just knows how to get us going So, uh, yeah, it's been brilliant since he's been in. And even just the club in general, we've got the fans taking over. We've got DalRada technology now. uh, Obviously, sponsorships and everything's just looking up. So, it's a a positive place at the moment. So, we're in a good place.
2: Yeah, and as you know, like a, a guy who like yourself, you know, Lewis was saying before we went on the air here that you know you started at Morton under 12s but you would have seen a lot of change actually in that time at, at, at the club and, and and stuff. But it still remains that real focal point in in the community in Greenock and Inverclyde.
6: Yeah, so it's a fan-owned club now, so it's one of the biggest one of the biggest things for us is the fans, and uh, they make all well. They kind of make all the decisions now, so it's going well at the moment. It's looking up. Um, but yeah, as if, as if, in Greenock, you know, it's a lot of my friends and family that are fans, and I know a lot of the fans that have been there that long, and it, yeah, it's, it's nice. I went to the games as a as a kid, and uh, it's obviously nice to now be able to put on the shirt and go out there and play for them.
2: You say that the fans make decisions. Did they get to decide who starts at left back or? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: I don't. I do think so. I don't think they get that far. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fan owned now, so it's uh, it's quite nice, obviously their donations obviously help to whatever goes forward but now we've got this sponsorship and things the the place is looking up which I've seen in my time when it's been obviously over the years you say I've seen a lot of change and uh, this year and particularly and last year it's been a uh, it's been good.
1: Yeah it's clear to see that the club is is deeply rooted in, in the community um, in Greenock and Inverclyde. Um, we spoke with Janet and Lorna who their dad used to attend the football memories group at Caplo and you know it, it was so clear how much he loved the club and how much the group helped him um, after he was diagnosed with dementia how you know how important is it that Morton remain visible and help people in, in the community and just you know the power of football can really help some people.
6: Yeah, obviously, you see it now with everybody talking with mental health and all these other things, as you're saying, someday, for instance, being ill, you know, you, come, you can come obviously down to Caplo and obviously at the moment, it's obviously quite a nice place to go. The fans are coming through the door. Like, the last home game there was I looked at the cow shed, and I was going, like, I've not really seen it. I've not seen it like this. And there was we had yeah. over 2,000 home fans in, and mm-hmm. usually we'll have 1,500 with that's including the away fans that sometimes, like even a few years ago or a year ago or whatever, so it's a nice to have that, obviously, that connection with the fans, and at the moment, if we're playing well, you know, they're coming through the gate, and that's all we can ask.
2: What are your kind of ambitions this season, Lewis? I know you're doing really well in the league, but you're you're battling in a couple of fronts with the Cups as well. I mean, it's been maybe a wee while since Morton have, have lifted a, a trophy. Do you see this competition as maybe an opportunity to go and get your hands on something?
6: Yeah, obviously, we'll, we've got Rafe in the next round. It's a tough place to go. A very attacking team. They'll they'll test us. We've obviously been playing well at the moment, but going up there away from homes, it's tough. And but a quarterfinal of any cup, no matter what cup it is, you know it's exciting. Uh, it would be nice to like to think we could get there, but you know we have to keep keep our heads down and keep working hard. And as you say, it's nice to get away from the league business and have that week, but we've got to kick on and hopefully for Morton and other years it's staying in the league so hopefully once we get past that bridge then we can look further so just keep our heads down and kick on.
1: Yeah and Lewis one of your first starts for the club was in this competition it's a really kind of good stage for for young players to kind of come in and and show what they can do and break into the first team.
6: Yeah you you mix some boys maybe that don't get a chance in the league or coming back from injuries and things like that, you know, it's a good game to get in and get in about. Obviously get 90 minutes under your belt for some boys, so, but obviously we want to win the game, so we'll have to, hopefully the gaffer's got, picks the right choices and makes the right decisions and uh, we can get the, I'd say three points put into the hat for the next round.
2: How did you get your break at uh Rafe- Did you kind of get get thrown on in a, in a cup game kind of similar to this, this one coming up or...?
4: Um, I I made my debut actually against Morton at Capo, Really, um, it was a league game. It was the last game of the season. Um, I was sixteen and just came on for the last five minutes under John mcguinn's first reign at the club.
2: Yeah, but and you know, I mean, that's that's a bit of a coincidence there. But uh, it's um, <laughs> you know, the the competition, you know, itself, the SPFL uh-huh. Trust Trophy must be, you know, it's 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 one that does give your team's opportunities yeah. to, to field players and, and, and do something a bit a bit different. Is there, is there a few kind of like young boys you're looking at Wraith at right now maybe coming through that are uh, exciting you?
4: I there could uh, obviously this competition is known for um a lot of younger players playing mm-hmm. um, in the competition. Uh I, I did start a couple of games um when I was 16, 17, still breaking through in and out of the squad um in this competition before. Um and yeah there is a few a few boys uh, young boys at Wraith who are looking at say and Qu- Quinn Kilson who's always on the bench and around the first team and yep. um he comes on here and name so it could be a good opportunity to to get him some minutes under his belt. I think he started the game at Cove actually, um and he maybe set up the goal at Cove. Um so yeah, there's young boys like him who could who could definitely play a part in in the in the cup match against Morton definitely.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a cracker. I mean, Jake yeah, and I have got sure. some
4: predictions coming up later in the in the
2: program. We won't reveal to you who we've both picked <laughs> to win this game, but yeah. Um, yeah. just want to say uh, thanks to to both the losers for for coming on and chatting to us a little bit there. That was um, that was brilliant, lads. And then uh, all the best
4: for the for the next round.
1: Yeah, all the best, guys. Cheers.
4: No worries, mate. Thanks Thank very you. much. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Now, before we get into our predictions for the last sixteen, let's have a run through of the third round results. Aloe Athletic One, Adrianian is now. at Two, Partick Thistle now. New Saints 0, Dundee 3, Bucky Thistle 1, Linfield 2, Clyde 1, Canarfin Town 0, Peterhead 0, Elgin City 4, Cove Rangers 0, Wraith Rovers 1, Dunfermline Athletic 2, Celtic B1, Abroath 2, East Fife 1, Inverness 3, Brecon City 3 and Inverness 1, 4-3 on penalties, Green at Martin 1, Air United 1 and Morton 1, 5-4 on penalties, Montrose 4, Kilmarnock B2, Queen of the South 4, FC Edinburgh 0, Annan Athletic 1, Kelty Hearts 2, Rangers B0, Hamilton 3, and Cliftonville 2, Queen's Park 3.
2: Now if you're listening carefully to those, you'll already know the answer to what's coming. It's time for the SPFL Trust Football Powered Prediction League.
1: Callum and I are going head-to-head for the duration of the trophy to find out who has the best knowledge of Scottish football. The scores were tied after two rounds, and last episode we predicted how many non-Scottish clubs will make it through to the fourth round. Callum said two, and I said three. The correct answer was one, meaning Callum wins that round and pulls ahead two-one, unfortunately.
3: Sue!
2: (laughs) (laughs) What a result. I hate to do the Ronaldo Sue, but... I just Come feel on, that like bad, that's that's the kind of level of bragging that I'm going to do if I end up winning this and taking home the imaginary trophy that we're going <laughs> to Well, you know, we'll see,
1: but <laughs> I'm feeling confident <laughs> for the next round.
2: So um, just on that for the next round, for round four, we are predicting how many away teams we think are going to progress to the quarterfinals. I'll quickly just read through the, the fixtures again, just for everyone listening at home, um, wondering what the fixtures can. I know we read them earlier, but we'll go through them again. We've got Falkirk against Dundee. Alloa against Queen of the South, Arbrofe Dunfermline, Elgin City against Clyde, Wraith against Morton, Kelty Hearts against Linfield, Queen's Park against Montrose, and Hamilton, Ackies against Inverness. Now, Jake, we'll go to you first.
1: Yep. How many do
2: you think are going to get right. through away teams in nine people?
1: I am putting my neck on, on the line here. <laughs> and I'm saying six. And six. I don't know if I'm going to live to regret it. Calm seems to think that's a terrible shout. But, I'll talk to you through it. Falkirk v Dundee, I think Dundee will win. Agreed. Alloa v Queen of the South. I'm taking Queen of the South. So there's two. I'm undecided on that one, but yeah, okay. Fair enough. My heart is ruling my <laughs> head in the next one and I'm taking Dunfermline to beat Arbroath. Of course I am. So there's three. I- I'm not having that. I've got Arbroath. Right. Elgin v Clyde. Elgin are doing alright and Clyde are doing not so good. So <laughs> I'm taking Elgin in that one. So it's still three away teams there. Okay. Raith Rovers Morton, I'm taking Morton, so there's four. Kelty Hearts Linfield, I'm taking Linfield, so there's five. Queen's Park Montrose, I think Queen's Park will win that. However, Hamilton v Inverness, I think Inverness will win, so that takes us to six.
2: Fair enough, I mean, you've you've put your rationale out there, I just don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I'm, I'm going with Dundee to go to the Falkirk Stadium and beat them. Just a, a better side, there's a whole league between them, so you kind of expect that one. Yep. Um Queen of the South and it's really hard to call. Um so I'm I'm not gonna pick it. <laughs> <laughs> um I think our broth will beat Dunfermline, so I'm not gonna pick them as an away team, unfortunately, <laughs> Jake. Sorry. it could be proven wrong, but I still think our broth have got a wee bit uh, a wee bit extra quality. Um Clyde against Elgin, Elgin are flying in League Two, um and Clyde are kind of struggling a wee bit in league one, so yeah, avoiding that one. Um controversially, I know with the guests we've got on today, but I think uh, and you know, some fun, but I think Morton are gonna beat Wraith, so yep. Morton are one of my teams um there. Uh, Linfield to come over um to five and beat Kelty Hart's. Just think Kelty hearts have struggled a bit, but this season and Linfield are a decent side. You yeah, know, I agree with um, that, definitely. Playing playing European football and stuff and um, Probably a bit more equipped to come in and win a one-off tie like that. Um one chose against Queen's Park, that's a difficult one. Wunchos are a really good team, but um Queen's Park have just stepped it up another level from last season. They look great in that championship. I've been really surprised by them. So yes. um God, I'd have to say with the, the spiders there. So no away team for me, but I think um Hamilton Inverness, it's it's gotta be it's gotta be the Cali Jags. Um Hamilton again, you know, right at the bottom of the championship and you know, not looking in terrific shape, but, you know, could be wrong, they're at home, so that <laughs> this is why we picked it, because it is tough to kind of call, but um, I think Billy Dodd's team will, will go, you know, down to the line and, and fancy themselves to get through, and they're a, they're a decent cup side as well, uh, Inverness, kind of, yep. traditionally down the years, so.
1: And I know yeah. six sounds like a lot, but I'm going for it.
2: Well, we'll see, we'll see, Jake. You um, yeah, I know you do now, at this stage of, of the game, you know, you're 2-1 you're down, after this round, there's only three left, so. yeah gonna have to win at least you know a couple to kind of take
1: up my game and I'm putting my neck on line here okay
2: I respect that now if you want to learn more about the SPFL Trust check out their Facebook and Twitter or visit spfltrustorguk forward slash trophy to learn more about the work they do and the SPFL Trust trophy itself
1: and for more information about today's topics and participants you can take a look at the episode notes thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one goodbye This is the SPFL Trust football-powered podcast.